scripture memory verse tonight, John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. John 10, 27. Anybody else? John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. John 10, 27. John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. John 10, 27. Makes it easier when Pastor Greg gives it to us, doesn't it? Anybody else? I memorized it in sign language today. Uh. Where's it at? Good job. Anybody else? Well, it's interesting. Notice that he says, mine, my sheep, my sheep, my own sheep. See, he knows that and we're going to see that later in the chapter, you'd see that the Father gave them to him. You know, when he's, uh, um, again, later in John, I love the book of John, he says, none that the Father give me uh, has lost, or are lost except for the son of perdition. Of course, Judas was the only one that was lost. Uh, but he says, and there's this relationship, there's this possession He's going to purchase us with the pre his precious blood. And he says, my sheep. And, and it's interesting when you look up sheep, sheep can be, it's just forward moving. It, it, listen to me, because this is important. Because it means something that walks forward. Are you guys with me here? Because we have a walk and we should always be on the grow. We should always be moving forward. And, and you know, there's really... Uh, Everybody's a sheep. All of us are sheep. I believe not just the church, but even, uh, I guess the Bible might call them goats, uh, okay. but, but even those of the world, they're all, we're all sheep. We're forward-walking animals, and we're following something. We're listening to some voice. And really, there's only God's sheep and then those that are following the devil. There, there's, there's, there's none other really. There's only two places to be following. And God says, my sheep, those that I have bought with the precious blood of my son. See, the father give us the son and the son poured out his, his, his life on the cross. And he, and he made an atoning sacrifice with his blood. And he gives us life. He gives us that righteousness if we just believe that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. But if you become his sheep, you should be moving 
forward. In fact, it's the same word for sheepfold. It's not a different word. For, it's the same word for sheepfold. Well, what is his sheep? If you say, I am one of God's sheep. Now listen, sheep, they're soft. They're, they might be cuddly. They might be meek. They might be mild, but they ain't very smart. They can go around the back of the barn and go, bah, we're but lost. Their wool is hot. We're lost. And 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 see, sheep really need someone to shepherd them. In our country, we don't understand it because a lot of the animals that we take care of, we drive. We push. We, we're behind them. We have dogs that chase them. But in this culture, the shepherd would go before them. The shepherd would be leading them. They would know the shepherd. They'd have a relationship with the shepherd. And they would follow him because they know the shepherd always leads them to the good grass, to the good food. And, and he needs to keep an eye on them because sheep are dumb. They, in those areas, they have these torrential downpours which brings water down the hills and sheep will stick their head in these gushing torrents of water and get sucked in and off they go and they die. And it's the same thing with Christians. If we're not careful, we follow every wind of doctrine and we get caught up in things that have nothing to do. So we need to learn and articulate to hear the shepherd's voice, the sound of his voice. Uh, and really... I could be a little bit ahead of myself, but we're always moving forward, always looking to hear. Listen, my sheep, my sheep, hear my voice. What voice are you listening for? What voice are you looking for in life? Now, it's really interesting. Um... The word voice is the word phone, P-H-O-N-E in Greek. It's really pronounced phone, phone, but it's P-H-O-N-E, just like we have a phone, this phone right here, and, and, and here, here, here's where I want to bring you to this. Isn't it interesting that this phone is what people are following today? This phone is where they get their news. This phone is how they communicate. This phone has a GPS. This phone is how the government and the father of all lies is tracking and controlling and keeping an eye on us so that they can know us. But God says that his sheep hear his phone, his voice, his word, what he has to say, really the whole gospel scheme of things but it begins with hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit who tells us that we're sinners, that we're lost. We need a Savior, and it convicts us of sin and righteousness and judgment. And then it gives us that mustard seed of faith to say, I believe that. And we come to salvation. But it's interesting that it's the word phone. Because I, I was even in a, I was in a customer's house today. She's like 96. And uh, I had to help her get to the bathroom because the carpet's wet. And she got up, and I was, and I, I always look and watch. So I put her, 
uh, uh, this other seat thing, it's a little potty chair that goes by her bed. I put it in front of her bathroom door so she couldn't just step in and fall down. If she got up and moved with me not looking because her caregiver was gone. So then I thought we were taking her back and she goes, oh, no, no, I can't go back here. I have to go in the kitchen because my caregiver's given coming to bring me food. And I said, oh, okay, it's 12 o'clock. We'll do that. I said, here, I wish you'd have told me that a minute ago because I just sprayed this other carpet. So I have to move all this stuff and get all this stuff, and I'm helping her. And she's like, yeah, don't let go of me because I just took some medicine that causes me to be dizzy and I could fall down. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm just the carpet cleaner here. But we, I've talked with her many times over know who she is she's a good christian lady anyway as we're walking to the kitchen the phone begins to ring the phone a begins to ring it's ringing it's ringing and we and she goes oh just let it ring and we get in there and she gets set down and we get her all situated she's got these chairs with wheels on them so you got to be careful she's 96 mind sharp as a tack she can't hear very well but she goes, oh, I wonder if I got a voicemail. And it was so funny because I was just telling her that the voice of God is phone. It's, 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 it's phone. P-H-O-N-E is how, it, it, is how it's spelled. And so it was funny how the, the actual, she looked at the screen of her phone and it said one voicemail. So when we see this, there's voicemail there. Listen, this Bible right here is voicemail from God. 66 books that tells us everything we need to know. This is his love letter. This is his mail. Are you picking up the phone? Are you getting involved? Are you learning to hear his voice, his phone A? Because he's dialing, he's ringing. He knows his sheep. And he knows that his sheep are subject to go somewhere else and listen to another voice. So he wants this intimate love relationship. And he's always pursuing us with this love relationship. He's always saying, oh, no, 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 don't read that. Don't go there. Come here and fellowship with me. Have some time with me. Listen to my voice. Find out and articulate what my voice sounds like. And that's relationship. His sheep hear his voice. But he knows us. Listen, there's a relationship there. There, there. There's a lot going on there. How does he know us? How does he understand us? How is he? It's actually a word that can mean acquainted. Well, he's acquainted with our grief because he took off his prerogative to his deity. And he come to earth and took flesh. And he become acquainted with what we're going through. He become acquainted with all the suffering and pain. And he went through more than any of us could ever go through. So that he could understand and fully comprehend man. Listen, he's calling us. He's calling us to come follow him. And his sheep, listen, they hear his voice. Do you remember his voice? God spoke. And created the heavens and the earth. Isn't that how it all started? And all the elements heard his voice. And all the elements obeyed. And then solid ground was made. Because he spoke. That was a big bang, wasn't it? That's a joke. Because evolution is a lie. God spoke. He sent his word out. That's what happens when you speak, when I speak. My word goes out. You're listening to my words right now. You're hearing my voice right now. 
and my word's going out. No, it's not. God's word's going out. That's what you and I are called to do. Not just to hear and learn his voice so that he would know us and we would know him, but we're supposed to give other people the same word. Why? Because we're following him. What did he do? He came and spoke about the kingdom of God. He came and spoke about the gospel scheme of things, the good news that would bring all men who would believe to him. So he says, my sheep, listen, you can say all you want, I'm a child of God. People can say all they want, that they're saved, they're born again, and I believe. The demons believe and they tremble. The important thing is, is right here, just like he says in Matthew 7, does he know you? See, he says, and I know them. I gnosko. It's a relationship. It's an understanding. He knows us. And that's the most important question. I know we always ask people, do you know Jesus? And they go, oh, yes. I was baptized when I was five. Listen, does he know you? Because my sheep, they learn to hear his voice. My sheep hear his voice, Jesus says here. In 1027 of John, they hear my voice. Well, why is that important? Because what's Romans uh, 1017 say? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you hear his voice, when you hear the testimonies, the precepts, the commandments, when you begin to hear him and move in the direction that he's moving, go in the place that he's going, do the work that he's doing. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in the way that we're supposed to go. Then there becomes this intimate relationship where he's not just acquainted with our grief, but he knows us personally because he sees us following him. Listen to me. The word follow means to accompany, or here's the one I like to talk about, it means to be in the way with. In other words, we're going in the way that Jesus is going. And why is that important? He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Not a way, but the only way. The only truth, the only life. Everything else, every other voice, every other word other than God's word can lead you to death. Amen. Death. See, we were born dead. And we hear his voice and we come to life. And when we come to life, he knows that we came to life. And he begins to train us and teach us with the Holy Spirit. And we're supposed to follow him, get involved with him, allow him by the power of the Holy Spirit to do his work of redemption through us as we become ambassadors and witnesses and we become more like him as we follow him. Well, now listen. I know because you guys are like, oh, but look at verse 28. Look at verse 28. And I give them eternal life. Well, John 17, 3 says he is eternal life. He says this is eternal life that they may know you, Father, and the one that you have given them. Listen, let me just read it to you. Because it's so important. People say, I know Jesus. But do you have eternal life? Because that's what he gives you when he knows you and you know him. And it says it in John 17, 3. 
And this is eternal life. And we're talking about quality here, not quantity. Everybody is eternal. We're talking about the life that is hidden in Christ, the abundant life. It's the quality of life that we have when we begin to hear his voice. And he knows us and we begin to follow him and learn to obey him. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That's what Jesus says himself to the Father in John 17, 3. But listen, I want to go back, not, not forward. I want to back up a minute and go, what is the context here? What is, where do we at? And, and really, this context starts in chapter 9. I would give you homework to go to chapter 9, read chapter 9. And when you see chapter 9, you're going to see that, that Jesus heals this blind man from birth. He was born blind. And, and there's a spiritual analogy there because you and I are born blind. We're born spiritually blind until we come to life, until we hear his voice and we wake up. We're spiritually blind. But this man was physically blind. Um, and Jesus heals him. And then the religious authorities, the, the people who say that they know Jesus, that made up their own religious system, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, they get mad because of this man's testimony, and they question him. And, and, and one might say, well, it's sad because, oh, I, I, don't, know, I don't know who it was, uh, but he opened my eyes. I was once blind, and now I see. So they begin to use this as a reason that anybody believes in Jesus, we want to kick you out of the synagogue. You're going to lose all of your historicity, all of your, your lineage, all your genealogy. And, and that's really scared the people of Israel because they believed in, in their history. They kept their history. They followed their history. And so they questioned the parents. And the parents are, we don't know. We just know he was born blind. And this man was kicked out of the synagogue because he really taught them some simple faith. And he said in 925, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know because they called Jesus a sinner, uh, which was a terrible accusation. It's blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Uh, whether, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know is that I was blind and now I see. And that was his testimony. And see, if we come to Jesus, the very first thing we should notice is that our spiritual eyes are open. That we used to be blind and stumbling around and living any way we wanted, but now our eyes are open and we should begin to hear his voice spiritually and want to follow him. And so he, he really makes them mad. Um, he tells them in 27, he told them already, and you would not listen. Why? Do you want to hear it again? You want to hear my testimony again? Do you want to become his disciple and they get really mad about this because Jesus didn't go to Hebrew high. Jesus wasn't telling people what he was telling or what they were telling people. Jesus was speaking of the kingdom of God. And they had some other religious system that they had already made up. And they were completely apostate. Just like we see the church today as apostate. That, that, that we're, we're making people twice the sons of hell as we ever did before. Just like they were. And, and they come to church and they dress up and they look nice and they, and they, they sing songs, but they, 
they don't hear Jesus' voice. They don't know him and they don't follow him. They follow some religious system. And which it's really important. And he tells that the man tells him in 930. Uh, why this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from yet he has opened my eyes now we know that God does not hear sinners verse 31 but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will he hears them since the world began it has been unheard that anyone open the eyes of one born blind if this man were not from God he could do nothing and they said to him in 34, they answered and said to him, you were completely born in sin. And are you teaching us? And they cast him out of the synagogue. Listen, when the religious system doesn't accept you, when the world in its sheep pens doesn't accept you, Jesus will come and find you. Look at verse 35, 935. Jesus heard that they cast him out. And when he found him, he said to him, Do you believe, Pistio, in the Son of God? This man answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. Then he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. He worshipped God, or Jesus allowed him to worship him because Jesus was God in the flesh. Now, of course, they get mad. They get mad at him. And that's really the context of John 10. They've created their entire religious system. They don't accept Jesus. They don't believe Jesus. Jesus is taking people that are born blind and opening their eyes. People are believing in him and worshiping him. He's God in the flesh. And then look what it says here in 10.1. Because this is the context. They've made up some sheepfold of their own, some religious system of their own. And they're trying to keep Jesus out of it. And they're mad that everybody's going to him. And he says to them, most assuredly, I say to you. He's speaking to this same crowd, the, the, the ones that have cast out this blind man that's now conceived. He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. This is the context. We're talking to people. Now, it's a parable. We, we find out it's a parable down in verse 6. He gives them this parable. And he wants them to understand it. And he's speaking to them in their own language. He's speaking to them in a picture that they know about sheep. They know what goes on with them. They know how to deal with them. They know what goes on every day in their culture because they're shepherds. They're herders of sheep. They raise sheep. They sell sheep. This is what they do. So watch what he says. He tells them that you can't enter the sheepfold, the kingdom of God, by the door, but climbs up some other way. He's a thief and a robber. Now, see, they've made up their own religious system to enter into the kingdom of God. And that's why Jesus told them that they travel land and sea to find one proselyte, and then they make them twice the sons of hell. They were thieves and robbers. They've, they, they killed all the prophets before. They, they've stolen 
uh, everything and the whole religious system and now they're trying to tell people how to come to God and it's not even the correct way now you and I know that it's only by the blood of Jesus by faith we've been saved by uh, grace through faith and that's not our, of ourselves. it is a gift of God not of works lest any man should boast and then he says but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter or the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Hear that? This is our text. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. This is our context. See, God knows his own children. His own children will hear his voice and be led by his spirit. And as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the children of God. But how are they led? They're led according to the word of God, the voice of God. The instruction of God that's always been right here in his phone, his letter to us, his Bible, his message that he left behind that recorded his voice and it's written down for us to follow. Now, what is he talking about, though? Because they know we don't know. We do cattle and things differently, and they have what was called city sheepfolds they were at one time even on their houses where their sheep would be kept and pinned up but then they began to get bigger and a lot more sheep and they have what was called the city sheepfolds they would be almost like what we would see if you would see somebody building a house and they had just a foundation in it maybe a four foot of a wall just a brick foundation and they looked like they, they were tore down um uh, houses maybe and just a foundation left and 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 it was like a pen and what they would do is they had them close to the city during the early uh, months there was lots of grass around the city the shepherds would lead them out they would eat grass at night they come back in their sheep are following them they they know that they're leading them to find good pasture to find good grass but they would come back in and there would be these hirelings that had these sheepfolds, and they would go, hey, can I hire you, and you watch my sheep during the night, and then I'll come back in the morning, and, and, and I'll get my sheep. Now, don't miss this, because I, myself, have been called to be an under-shepherd. It's called a pastor. But there's a good shepherd, a chief shepherd, the great shepherd of the sheep, of the sheepfold. He's the one that came and died for us, and is over the house of God. If you want some more homework, read Ezekiel 34, because it talks about this. But listen, then the under-shepherds are there, and we will allow a, 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 a hireling to guard those sheep at night, but Jesus is coming back. Listen, it's dark now, but he's coming back soon. And when he speaks our name, 
The dead in Christ will rise first, and then we who are alive and remain shall meet the Lord in the air, and thus will always be with him. Amen. Because my sheep hear my voice, and they know me, and they follow me. And where's he at? He's seated in heavenly places, and he's going to come back and speak our name. Now, I don't know that to be positive, but there's some who have said that the trump of God will sound, the trumpet. And what we will hear is our name because he knows us, and then we'll follow him into the heavens. Now, that's just my opinion. We can use that scripture that way. But in this way, then the shepherd would come back out of his house the next morning, and, and here's all these folds of sheep different shepherds different sheep four or five in one pen with a hireling standing there watching them right and the shepherd would come and go bah or hey sheep whatever he would say and his sheep separates and come out the door and come and follow him and then he leads them out again to different places to eat and drink his land where he's protecting them but as it gets later in the season they would get further and further away from the city and they would be further out trying to find a good grass and he's leading us and he's leading us watch this let me get my glasses back on so again, the sheep that are in the sheepfolds, listen, when, when he would speak and the hirelings watching them, all the sheep don't come out, only the ones that know the shepherd's voice when the phone is ringing and, and they hear that voice, they come out. And really, listen, when God calls us out by the Holy Spirit and your eyes are open and you're no longer spiritually blind, you stop going to them old sheepfolds and you begin to follow the master. You begin to follow him and to know him and he knows you. And then you begin to bear fruit. That's what he says in John 15, 5, that I am the vine and you are the branches. And if a man abide in me and I in him, see that relationship, you will bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. So we don't keep going back to the hirelings. We don't keep going back to the other sheepfolds. We keep following Jesus. We're always moving forward. Sheep are always moving forward somewhere. We're moving forward in our discipleship of Christ teaching us and helping us to learn to be like him. That's what we want to be looking at. In fact... When we follow him in the same way with him, that's because he was preaching the gospel. He was speaking of things pertaining to God. He was laying his life down. He was serving others. He was denying himself. And he was making sure that people knew about the Father. So in this parable that we see, we have a religious system where these religious rulers have tried to get into the sheepfold some other way. They're thieves and robbers. You have to enter by the door. He's the, and he's going to tell us down here, look down in nine, he's going to tell us he's the door. He's the way, he's the way into God's sheepfold. And he's the way out of this world. He's the door. Watch this. Um, They know his voice, verse 4. 
Verse 5. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, a thief, a robber, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Now listen to me. Listen to me. Why is it so important to learn his word, to learn his voice, to pick up the phone, the phone A? Because then you hear a stranger's voice and you entertain them. You talk to them. You sit down with them. You spend time with them. No, you flee from them. We're supposed to flee the bad voice. We're supposed to flee false doctrine. We're supposed to flee useful lust. But so much of the church says we're supposed to love others. And we're supposed to be nice to others. Jesus says we're supposed to flee the liars. Now, we are supposed to witness to them, but when they're trying to teach us lies, when they're trying to get us to believe that, that, that COVID's going to kill the whole planet and we need to take their medicine and their sorcery, we're supposed to flee them. We're not supposed to listen to their voice. That's a stranger's voice. That's a thief and a robber's voice trying to steal my peace, trying to steal my rest, trying to steal my salvation and get me to follow some other way of salvation and peace and rest, some other way of being whole. I am covered in the blood. I do not need anybody else to try to take care of me. I don't need another savior. I don't need some other religious system. My works will not save me. My religion will not save me. Me obeying the government will not save me. Me learning the voice of my God and his word, his and following him is what I need to do. And the church needs to hear that more and more and more because God's sheep know his voice. He knows them and they follow him and they don't follow strangers. They flee. They run from those who would try to destroy them or usurp the authority over them. Now notice what he says in 6. He used this parable, this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he had spoke to them. Because they don't have the spirit. They aren't comprehending it. Because they are not his sheep. They didn't understand it, but his sheep understood it. His sheep get this. Verse 7. Then Jesus said to them again, most assuredly, or verily, verily, I tell you the truth. He's trying to get their attention. I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. They're trying to make up their own system. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. That's delivered to safety. That's brought back into my kingdom, becoming my child again, and will go in and out and find pasture. Now listen to me. As they got further and further away from the city, Because the grass was scarce through the later seasons. And they had to go search for it. And the, and the 
shepherd was leading them to the good green grass. Remember David's account in Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. Oh, wait a minute. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Now listen, that word make doesn't mean like force. There's no force about God. He's a gentleman. It means because when he sees and he's led and he keeps following, that he sees it so good that it, that it just makes you want to follow. It makes you want to know that you already know that it's always going to be good for you. Even when it hurts, even when it's a hard trail, even when the sheep have to go a long way, it's a good green pasture. What's he say? He restores my soul. My cup runneth over. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Oh, I got it wrong. I haven't quoted that in years. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. So you're following him. He's there in the valley. He's with you everywhere. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. That's David. David was a shepherd. David was trained by God tending sheep. And that's how he knew after he had killed a lion and a bear by the power of God, from the strength of God, the resources of God, as he trusted in God, he knew that he could defeat the, the, the Goliath in the valley by the power of God because he had come against the armies of the living God. Everybody else cowering in fear, never mentioning God, never talking about God, never caring about God. And David walks up and brings God into the equation and says, you have defiled the armies of the living God. I'm going to hand you your head, giant. And by faith in God, he goes into the valley. And he's a type of Christ at this time. And he slings the stone, the rock. And the giant falls and he takes the sword of the spirit and cuts his head off. He removes his power. The power of death is gone. And everybody gets to follow him as the enemy flees. And they go and pick up the spoils and they enjoy everything with God. Anyway, my point is this, is that as they go further into the grass, they're out, it's a late season. The shepherd is leading them further and further and further uh, away from the city, away from this city that we live in that's made with hands, we're becoming more Christ-like. We're getting closer to the city not made with hands, eternal in the heavenlies. He leads us further out. There's no reason to come back to the city because it's such a far walk that he finds places that we call wilderness sheepfolds. They could be caves, fallen trees, a bunch of rocks, an area in a gorge, and then the shepherd would lead them in. But he would take his staff and he would put it down low. And they would have to travel under it. And he would check them for, for burrs and ticks and cuts and scars. And he would make sure they're okay. And he would tend their wounds. He'd take care of them. And then what would he do, Greg? He would lay down and become the door. He laid down in front of the door or the opening and he would become the literal door. And this is what Jesus is talking about. See, to them, they're all going, 
Wow, because they understand it. We don't understand it. He become the door and no wolf, no foul thing, nothing could get to his sheep unless they went to him. Now you might see it in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing because God's providing all of your needs, but all things through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving that he's the door. Let your... Um, Oh, excuse me. Uh, be anxious for nothing, but all things do prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Make your requests known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. What am I talking about? Jesus is the door. Jesus is the guard. He's the one that we put our faith in, and he protects us from these things. When we look to him, when we trust in him, he's protecting his sheepfold. He's the good shepherd, the chief shepherd, the great shepherd of the flock. And we are perfect and righteous in the hands of the beloved. And he said he is the door. Everybody else that ever came, now he's not talking about Moses or any of his prophets that he sent that they all killed. He's referring to people who come and said they were Jesus, that I'm the Savior, I'm the anointed of God. They were all thieves and robbers. Anybody else that came and changed the system that he had laid down and modified it and said, this is the way to go. They were the thieves and the robbers, and the sheep, the true sheep, the remnant, never heard them and never followed them. And he says, I am the door. And see, he is the door. He's the way out of this sin life. He's the way out of this world and the way into heaven. He's the anointed of God, the Mashiach of God. He's the one that the Father sent to save us. And he's healed this blind man. He's telling them and they're rejecting it. But the blind man worships him and he allows him to worship him because he's God. If anyone enters by me, verse 9, I am the door. It's one of the, remember this, John has got, uh, what is it, uh, seven or eight I am's? Oh, eight, because it's a number of new beginnings. He says, I am the son of man. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I am the true vine in chapter 15. As they go through lower Jerusalem. And he says I am the true vine. The true witness. As they go into the garden of Gethsemane. Where he's arrested, betrayed, beaten, mocked. Scourged. Crucified for the sins of the world. He dies willingly. He laid his life down. We're told in this chapter. That's what the good shepherd does. A hireling doesn't do that. I am the door. If anyone enters by me. He will be saved. And watch this. And we'll go in and out and find pasture. Listen. Listen. In Christ. You come in. You're in Christ. And then you go out to tell others. But you're going. You're coming back and forth. You're getting here. You're answering the phone. You're hearing his voice. You're growing more. And you're going out and telling others. And you're finding this pasture. This green grass. As you do. You're growing. You're growing. You're growing. He's given it. Now look, verse 10, the thief does not come 
He tells you what these others that are teaching you false doctrine. They're not giving you good doctrine. They're telling you, name it and claim it. Blab it and grab it. Follow this. Follow that. This is what church is about. Dress up and look good. Sing real loud. Do it perfectly. Jesus says, no. That's a thief. That's a robber. That's a liar. We need to feed the sheep, tend the sheep, take care of them. That's what he commissioned Peter to do. To love them. To have a relationship with them. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. That's what a thief does. That's what the liar does. That's what the robber does. He wants to keep you in death culture. And Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. He came to give life. We were already dead. The thief wants us to stay dead. He wants us to play religion. He wants us to live in our own works. He wants us to find the wrong sheepfold, listen to the wrong voice, and follow death culture. Listen to me. Who are you following? What about your under-shepherds? Who are you following? Who's the doorkeeper of the sheepfold, the porter that's allowing you to go in and out? Who is God appointed? Make sure it's someone that God appointed, not just someone that you like. Make sure they're teaching the word of God and you're being fed in good, green, fertile grass. That's where the spirit of God wants to lead us. We're supposed to be growing, not just going to church and feeling good about our religious works. So he says again, and let's just look, because we're really looking at um, where did it all come from? Why is he just coming out and saying in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. See, it all had background. This all come from him healing a man that was blind. And then that man, because he was blind and testified of Jesus, he gets kicked out of the church. He gets kicked out of the synagogue. And Jesus says, you're a bunch of thieves and robbers. If you won't accept the works of God and the miracles of God, nobody's ever opened anybody's eyes from the blind eyes, born blind from birth. So now he says in 11, John 10, 11, I am, this is ego ami. Ego ami. The good shepherd. Why do you call me good? None good but God. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Listen, the good shepherd lays down and becomes the door. The good shepherd has come down from heaven. He's going to die and pour out his blood as a sacrifice so the sheep will be saved and back in his sheepfold. But a hireling, listen, this is somebody that makes it their career. This is somebody that's getting paid. This is somebody that's a hireling. He will not, excuse me, he who is not the shepherd. Notice there's a difference of the reason why people want to have churches or be pastors or under shepherds. One who does not own the sheep. Listen, God owns us. If we believe that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, then we've been purchased with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. It's got nothing to do with church membership, church role. It's got to do with the blood of Jesus. 
has brought us back into his sheepfold, and he's our good shepherd, and he's trying to protect us from hirelings. He's trying to protect us from thieves and robbers. And he knows us, and his sheep follow him. One who does not own the sheep. Listen, does Jesus own you? Have you been bought with the precious blood of Jesus? Is his Holy Spirit leading you to do the work of the ministry so that other people can come to salvation in the ministry of reconciliation of souls? So he who is not a shepherd, let's just mark that out, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. Remember, we're supposed to hear the stranger's voice and flee. But upside downwardly, the one that's our shepherd, who is not having a relationship with us, who, who is not the good shepherd, he sees the wolf and he flees. But Jesus, he died for us. He laid his life down for us. He fought the wolf. He destroyed the wolf. He defeated the devil. He has completely defeated death. And he's the good shepherd, the great shepherd, the chief shepherd. He's the one we want to learn to hear his voice, his word, and follow him. He spoke and created the heavens and the earth. God sent his word to heal the land. But when a hireling, one that only has a career, one that only building his own kingdom, building his own little religious system, he sees the wolf and he flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. Listen, pastors, we need to care about the sheep. We need to lay our life down for the sheep. We should stand up and tell the sheep the truth of the word of God by the spirit of God for the glory of God. Sheep in God's sheepfold should not be following Fauci. They should be following Jesus by faith. They should not be afraid in fear of this world and be led by this government that's been taken over by the Communist Party. Our government has no power. They're being led by communism. We should be following Jesus. He's our governor. He's the one that's our king. He's the one that laid down his life for us. Do you know that the critical race theory that's being taught today, even in the church, yes, in the world, in our schools, in, in communist China, it was called critical class theory and that's how they took over in communist china so when i say that this is communism you should know that it's the same playbook that all of our big tech guys went over there and set up and helped them decide and they used the phone they used this voice they used this gps and this information center to do it all and now, when they shut us down, they installed all of this, and it's in America. And how do I know that? God told me, I guess. I guess because the devil's got no new tricks. That's how he destroys. 
But are you being led by the Spirit? Are you the sheep of God, the children of God? Are you learning to listen to his voice and following him? He's the good shepherd. He's not a hireling. He's not going to flee. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's always going to be there. He's always going to give you good fertile ground to eat from. This word right here, when you hear his voice, will sanctify and cleanse you. It will make you more like him. And I can only imagine as we go in his sheepfold and we get closer and closer where he's the door and he's laying down and we're trusting in him, that, that maybe it's that, that little thing about Enoch who walked with God. And, and, and they kept walking. And, and I remember reading, I think it was Henrietta Mears who wrote it. And I know it's, it's, just, it's just something that was really nice that they got farther and farther and farther. And finally, God said, just come home with me because we're closer to my house than we are to your house. And that's the way the shepherd is. He's making us like him so that he can take us to his house, not back to this city that's going to burn. You want to talk about the biggest threat to society being climate change? The biggest threat to society is the thief and the robber and the sin nature where we live and we reject God because you're going to go to hell. We should pray for our president who's being led. He's a puppet. We need to pray for him and respect the office. But the greatest threat is the lie that's being told, the sin nature that is leading even God's church away from their own sheepfold, away from the voice of their own master. My sheep. Hear my voice, Jesus said, and they I know them and they follow me. What are you following today, Christian? Look at this. Verse 14, 1014 of John. By the way, John means the grace of God. Grace. God is gracious. I am the good shepherd, he says it again. And I know my sheep. He knows those that are his. Now this is called foreknowledge. He's always known it. God doesn't learn anything. He's always known who was going to choose him down the corridors of time. He knew us before we were in our mother's womb. He knew those that would hear his voice and follow and those that would reject it. He's always known it, but he died for all whomsoever is his will that everyone would come to the saving knowledge of his son Jesus that would believe this gospel message but so many will follow the voice of a thief and a robber and a liar and the devil and reject the blood of Jesus I am the good shepherd I know my sheep and am known by my own so you're growing in this relationship. As the Father knows me, so he gives the relationship of the Godhead, him and the Father, even so I know the Father, and I lay my life down for the sheep. I become the door with my life. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, 
and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Now, of course, he's speaking to the Gentile nations. Right here in the text, he's talking to the Jews who can't figure out how he healed the blind man, and they won't believe that he is the Messiah. So he's given them a parable and chiding them for their own religious system that misses the Messiah. And he's talking about the fact that all other nations are going to be able to hear his voice. Now listen to me, listen to me clearly. I believe that everybody on the planet hears his voice at one time. But some people don't answer the phone. Some people silence the phone. Some people suppress the truth. Some people continue to ignore God and say no to God. And the fool has said in his heart, no to God. Don't want to hear it, God. And they won't pick up the phone. They won't listen to his voicemail. They won't read their Bible. They won't learn to obey his authority and be led by this loving shepherd into the Father's house, into green pastures. 17, therefore my Father loves me. Why? Because he lives to do the Father's will. He obeyed him even to the point of death on a cross because I laid down my life that I may take it again. See that? Nobody killed Jesus. He laid down his life. You don't have to sit around and argue about whether it was the Jews or the Romans. He laid it down. It was his love for you and me. It was his love for the Father. It was his calling. He was the anointed of God. He laid it down. He said, Father, I surrender my spirit to you. Right after he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. He commended his spirit to the Father. Then he says, he says it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. So he has power to lay it down. He has power to get up out of the grave. Why is that? This command I have received from my father. This is what he was born to do. The father gave him this assignment, this anointing. This is what he was born for. Therefore, there was a division. Now listen, there's always going to be when you preach the gospel. There's division among the Jews because of these sayings. And many of them said, he has a demon in his map. Why do you listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Reason. Ask God. Then there's a couple months, maybe three months, they say, uh, separation here. And they're there again in Jerusalem. They're in the temple. And I'm going to close up with this. Now, it was the Feast of Dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter. Some say December 22nd. Some say December 25th. This became later the Feast of Hanukkah. Listen to me. Listen to me. Feast of Dedication is not a feast that God designed. I know people are going to get mad. This was man-made feast. This is not a feast that you find in Deuteronomy. This is not a feast you find in the law. This is a feast you find in their religious system. This is what the point is. Again, 
They made their own holidays, their own religious system, their own things that they found sacred. Now, it was based upon the fact that uh, um, the revolt where Antichus Epiphanes sacrificed a pig and on the altar um, like 170 BC or something and then there was this rebellion led by the Maccabeans and they took back over the temple and they they cleansed it and they rededicated it and that's why it's called Feast of Dedication um you know, there was this defilement that happened. But they made this a very important holiday. And, and, and it wasn't part of the religious system that was given to them by God. It wasn't a celebration. It was their own system. And so while they're there and, they're on, and Jesus is walking in the temple on Solomon's porch... Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Listen to them. They, they can't figure it out. They're arguing among themselves. They got all this stuff going on. He's opening the eyes of people born from, from born blind. And what did Jesus answer them? I told you and you do not believe. He told them. He's already told them. The works that I do in my Father's name, his name is character, nature, and authority, they bear witness of me. By what he's very doing was what it was prophesied he would do. He would open the eyes of the blind. He would, he would heal the lame. He would raise the dead. He has done all of these things, and yet their hearts are so hard they want to hang on to their power and their religious system they do not want to give him any authority because he didn't go to Hebrew high with them. They won't believe hard hearts and they suppress the truth. In verse 26, it says, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep as I said to you. And then he says, our memory verse, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. See, it's not enough to say a prayer and say, I believe in Jesus. Does he know you? That's the most important question on the planet today. But the devil keeps hiding it. Are you working on a love relationship with God where he knows you and you know him, and you're following him? You're learning to hear his voice and obey him and be led by the Spirit of God. Romans 8, 14, once again, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. Don't follow a religious system that's apostate. Follow the Spirit of God in the Word of God for the glory of God. And what does he do when we do that? I give them eternal life. It's quality, not quantity. Everybody is eternal. And they shall never die, never perish. 
Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Then what did the Jews do when he said that? They took up stones. They wanted to kill him. Jesus never claimed to be God. Well, why are they trying to kill him? Jesus answered them, Many good works I have shown you from my Father. For which of these works do you stone me? Many good signs. The Jews answered him saying, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy. And because you being a man make yourself God. Listen, I, I can go on and on and on. We can keep walking through this. On and on and on. There's a few more scriptures here. One, one again, Jesus points to, it is written, verse 34. And he says, I said, you are gods. And if he called them gods, to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken. Listen, scripture cannot be broken. Scripture is truth. Scripture is the voice of God. Scripture is the word of God. Are you learning the word of God? Are you learning to hear the voice of God? Are you comparing what's going on in your life to the word of God? To see if you are following God or some religious system that is apostate. Do you have the power of the Holy Spirit in your life? Are you coming in and out Coming to Jesus and then going out to tell others and to fulfill what he called you to do according to your gifting, your talents, and your abilities? Or are you listening to some religious system? Pastor Greg. Yes, sir. In verse 6, 10, 16, uh, John, uh, isn't the Lord referring to those of the world that will come to know him? No. Oh, he's not? He's, refer he's talking to Jews. He's talking to the, about the Gentiles. Oh, yeah. That will come into the church. Uh-huh. As Paul said, for the, I am not ashamed of the... But it would be the same thing. It'd be the ones that would come to salvation, but it's the Gentile church. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's talking about the Gentile church. Other sheep I have which are not of this fold. They're not of the Jewish fold who he's talking to right now. So he says that scripture cannot be broken. In 36, do you say of him whom the Father sanctified? Listen, listen really close. The Father sanctified him and sent him into the world. You are blaspheming because I am the Son of God? Listen, then the same thing is happening. He's following what the Father did, and he wants to sanctify us and send us into the world to tell others to do the work of the ministry. He's continuing it through us. But do you hear his voice? Let me just close this. Do you hear the voice of God? Are you asking him to speak to you? Are you spending time with him in the word, prayer, and fellowship? Are you looking to do his will or are you following some other voice? Are you looking to do your will? Are you following the voice of the American dream? Are you following the voice of a false 
occult system, the synagogues of Satan? Are you following the voice of God? It will always line up with the word of God. Don't, don't, don't be mistaken when you think, oh, well, I can follow this new Bible. Let me find another Bible that's easier to understand. Listen, the Bible is a spiritual book. You have to have your spiritual eyes open by believing and hearing that voice so that he will know you, not you know him, but that is important. Does God know you today? He'll help you understand the word of God. He will help you understand it. He will lead you in and out to find good pastor. This is it. I am the bread of life. This is what we should be eating on to become the people of God, to be transformed into the image of the living God as a suffering servant. Trust the scripture. Don't trust anybody that tells you that it's outdated or that that wasn't for today. Do not believe it. It's death culture. They're killing everything that God said. The attack in the world today is against the nuclear family. That's what they call it. That's the family that God created when he created Adam and Eve in the garden. And he performed the first marriage and he told them to have children and, and to go and prosper. And the enemy attacked that marriage. He attacks that family. And everything that's going on right now is an attack on the family because it's an attack on the witness of God and the ways of God and the word of God. And it's called death culture where we're killing God. But God's not dead. He's alive. And you can hear his voice. He can know you. And you can follow him. Ask him today to reveal himself. Now next week's scripture. Another one. This is how he's talking to you. Revelation 3.20. Listen. The apostate church. Listen. The, 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 the culture entity. Revelation 3.20 is Jesus speaking, and he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's knocking on his own sheepfold, his own church. And he said, If anyone will hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Revelation 3.20, that's next week's verse. We're going to spend a couple weeks on it. But this is the verse where God is knocking on those that say they're in his church, in his sheepfold, and he wants you to hear his voice, and he wants you to open the door and have fellowship with him, to sit down and have a meal with him, and be restored to him. This is the meal. This is the word. This is the voice. Come back to the word of God and flee from the stranger's voice. Come out from among them and be separate, and he will give us life. In Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Give us life. Amen.